I love the t-shirts you'll see people wear that say, I'm done adulting. I'm going to Disney. I'm Scott. And I'm Melissa. And we are the Sunshine Travelers. Our passion is travel and sharing our experiences with those who enjoy it as much as we do, or those who want to learn more about travel, or even those that just want to live vicariously through our travel stories. No matter where you fall along that journey, get ready to hear about our firsthand experiences as we visit some of the most amazing and interesting places on Earth. This is part two of a three-part series on traveling to one of our favorite places, Walt Disney World. If you've ever been to Disney before, you probably already know how intimidating it can be, but follow along and we'll help you plan like a pro. This second installment is if you're traveling to Disney either alone as adults or with other adult friends or family members. Use these tips to help devise a strategy for visiting the parks, tips for dining and nightlife both in and out of the park, and choosing the best time to visit. So pack your bag and come with us to one of the most magical places on earth. You may be asking the question, do adults actually go to Disney without kids? And the answer is absolutely yes. It's a different experience without children. And in today's episode, we want to help you plan for that experience and have a blast while you're there. I love the t-shirts you'll see people wear that say, I'm done adulting. I'm going to Disney. You'll have the chance to let your hair down, have some fun, and these are our recommendations. So let's start out with a strategy for visiting the parks. And Scott, some of these strategies, such as park hopping or going strong all day from sunup to sundown, also work for trips with older kids or teenagers as well, just not some of the later evening bars that we're going to talk about. Yeah, and you have a lot more flexibility when you aren't having to account for early bedtimes and tired, cranky kids. That doesn't mean that older children and teenagers don't get cranky. I've even been with a few cranky adults before. Yes, we definitely have. But I think some of these strategies will work for older kids as well. We did it with our kids with teenagers. All right. So let's let's kind of set the base um, of saying you're not going to need as many breaks with adults. If you listened in on the first part or the first episode we talked about taking a break during the day, let the kids go back to the pool and swim, maybe take a nap and things like that. But if you're adults, you can spend longer days in the parks if you choose to. And that's true. I mean, you may definitely want to have, um, you know, pool days or go back and take a break um, as well. So it's not meaning that you absolutely have to, but we're just saying like with kids, it's more of a necessity. And if you wanted to have longer park days. Yeah. And we had said with children that it's better if you if you take longer trips or plan for longer trips, you know, more days there so that you're not having to feel like you got to rush through the parks and try to rush to do all the things that you want to do. Uh, because remember, you're not going to be able to do everything. It's just it's impossible. But, you know, doing as much as you you can. And if you have more days there, you can spread that out. And it's not quite as taxing and tiresome as if, you know, you just rush, rush, rush all day long trying to go see, do, eat, drink, <laughs> all of those things. Yeah, absolutely. And like we talked about in the other episode, so ticket prices for Disney are cheaper per day the longer that you stay. So just wanted to reiterate that here is that so like the first four days, you're going to 
pay pretty much, you know, full price per day. Um, but then after that, it gets cheaper. And that's just a, you know, that allows you to stay in the parks more. Um, and so like we're some of these things we're going to talk about, like if you have a super late night, then you probably don't want to then, you know, rope drop and get there first thing in the morning too. Um, so it's totally obviously up to you, but just it kind of gives you some options to think about when you're planning your trip. Yep. So, you know, that kind of starts with the planning the trip. Now, let's talk about um, planning your days out while you're there. Some of the parks have extended hours. So if you're staying at one of the deluxe resorts, you can stay in the park later than all the rest of the guests. Yeah, a couple of nights a week. Um, and so definitely check the Walt Disney World, check their uh, park calendar. Um, but a couple of nights a week, Magic Kingdom and Epcot stay open for a couple of extra hours. Um, and occasionally they've had Hollywood Studios, which we got to do back de- last December. But usually it's Magic Kingdom and Hollywood, or, sorry, Magic Kingdom and Epcot. And you can stay in the park a couple of extra hours. But like you said, you need to be staying at a deluxe resort. So that, but that can be a great thing. I mean, we see people do it with kids. Kids are usually sleep in the stroller or crying, but, um, we've typically enjoyed that, uh, when we've gone together or we've gone with, you know, much older and kids. Melissa, you know, we hadn't planned to necessarily talk about this, but let's talk a little bit about how you choose which resort to stay in. Right. Cause we talked about a deluxe resort, but there are different, um, levels of resorts within the Disney parks. Yeah, so basically inside inside the property, you have three levels of resorts. You have the value resorts, um, and those tend to be more, I would say, like motel style, typically outside rooms. Um, they typically have um, quick serve food available and um, some fun you know, some fun pools, but not quite as I would say is I guess deluxe you know pool type accommodations. Um, but they can be great for your trip. Because then you still have all the transportation and stuff like that. So those would be like the all-star resorts and um, Pop Century and then Art of Animation as well. And so what we really like, though, about Pop Century and Art of Animation is that they are on the Skyliner. So if if that works, then that would probably be our pick of the value resorts. Yeah, and I'm just going to say it. Value or deluxe, I'm going to go out there and say that Disney's probably not known for making their rooms over the top nice. Um, There's just a little bit of difference between uh, those two, but not hugely, right? Yeah, I mean, I'd say especially the value and the moderate. I guess what you're going to find the difference. So then you're going to step up into the moderate, which is the Caribbean Beach, um, and then the Port Orleans, the French Quarter, and the Riverside and um, Coronado Springs. And part of Coronado Springs really does feel more deluxe, Um, but it does go in that moderate category. And then the campgrounds and the cabins at Fort Wilderness, that's also considered a moderate. Um, And so what you're going to typically find there is they're going to have one sit-down restaurant, and then the pools typically have water slides and things like that. Um, Most of the combinations there are also still going to be like different buildings. It's more spread out and then outside rooms. So what we have liked about those though is that you can park 
typically kind of close to your room. So sometimes that's convenient as well. Um, so of those, probably our pick, we really liked the feel of um, the Coronado Springs. There was a lot of restaurants. So that one's also a convention center. So there's actually a lot of restaurants at that particular one. The pools are great, but uh, Caribbean Beach is on the Skyliner. And so it just makes it super convenient to get to Epcot and to Hollywood Studios from Caribbean Beach. Yeah, so I think you just have to kind of decide, you know, how much time are you planning on spending in the room, closeness to maybe particular parks that you're interested in. So like, for example, the Grand Floridian and um, Contemporary, very close to Magic Kingdom. You can walk to the Magic Kingdom from there. You don't even have to worry about transportation. And then for Epcot and Hollywood Studios, you have all the Boardwalk Yacht Club all of those, um, the Swan and Dolphin Beach Club, you know, those that are within walking distance to those two parks, or they have easy boat transportation to them. So you just kind of have to think about what it is that you're looking for in the experience. And matter of fact, I think one of our suggestions is even if you have the ability to do so, you might want to check out a few different resorts and stay at a couple of different properties while you're there. Yeah. And that's just a lot of fun. It's easier to do. I mean, it can be done with kids, but it's obviously easier to do with adults. And um, that's a strategy um, that a lot of people like to use. So they'll look at the calendar and they'll say, okay, these nights, typically it's Monday and Wednesday, or it has been Monday and Wednesday nights um, is when the Magic Kingdom and Epcot are open late. So those nights you want to make sure that you're staying at a deluxe. And then for the rest of your stay, you could go to a moderate category or a value resort um, just to make the most of that. And then just because the neat thing about the Disney resorts is every single one of them is, has a completely different feel. Um, And you could also base it on like which parks you want to be able to go to um, so that you could, you know, go back to the room and swim and it just makes it more convenient as well. Um, And so just, they just have a different feel. Their pools are different. And, And that's just part of the Disney theming as well. Yeah, I think one of the things though you just need to prepare yourself for because we're we're talking about adults going to Disney here is that all the Disney hotels, uh, the pools and stuff are going to be kid friendly. So you're going to have a lot of kids splashing around, things like that. So if that's something that's, uh, you know, important to you, just keep that in mind and and realize that, you know, you've got a lot of families that are there and they're going to be taking taking advantage of and using the amenities yeah and i don't know about all of them i know that riviera has like a quiet pool that's supposed to be more adult friendly um a couple of other things if you wanted to do that resort um you know where you they call it a split stay so if you hear that term they call it a split stay you just take your stuff to the bellhop and then they will actually move it over to another resort so like if you don't have transportation you don't have a car obviously if you have a car but even if you don't want to lug your stuff they'll they'll move it from one hotel to the other for you and then also the swan scott mentioned the swan and often in the swan reserve is part of that um those are actually the only hotels that are considered part of like you get the disney um like the early entry and the deluxe extra hours and things like that um but they're actually marriott hotels so if you are a marriott bonvoy person that like we are that we, we've talked about you can get your points and, and do all that kind of stuff too but you can book packages is the too. four seasons part of that as well it is not actually. it is not mm-hmm. okay great well, well i uh, don't think so um i can look that up and correct but i'm pretty sure that it is not i'm pretty sure it's just the swan and dolphin swan reserve 
Yeah. But if you're staying at the Four Seasons, why would you want to go anywhere else? Right. Yes. <laughs> I can tell you that just off property, I've stayed at the JW Marriott before, and those rooms are spectacular. I would do that anytime. Yeah. You got upgraded to a very nice suite, and that room was spectacular. Yeah, it was sweet. So. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, I, I would say the strategy for visiting the parks is a little bit it's a little bit similar and it's really about what you prefer to do. But, you know, in the summer, if you're not familiar with Florida in the summer, it gets hot, it gets really hot and it gets really humid. And so, you know, if you're planning a trip during the summer, just know that it's going to be very hot and humid and that heat and humidity, if you're not used to it, will really zap you and it'll zap you quickly and you, you just feel run down and, you know, probably cranky and irritable and all those other things as well. And so if you're not used to the heat and humidity, you might want to have a similar strategy that we talked about for um, Disney with kids, where during the hottest part of the day, you go back to the hotel and you take advantage of the um, swimming pool or you take a nap or something like that. And then you use those extra hours in the parks um, to stay out and do things when there's fewer crowds and it's not so hot and humid. Yeah, because it definitely, after the fireworks and then after the park closes, it'll be busy for a little while. But the last time that we did this, a month or so ago, we were um, on parts of the Caribbean, like right before the park was going to close. And we were the only people we could see on any boat in front of us. Of course, our boat, any boat behind us. So we were like the the only people. Yes, I would say if it, if it's, especially if it's raining just a little bit, take advantage of that. A little bit of rain's not going to bother you, and uh, the, the park kind of gets deserted, but it also makes for some amazing f- photographs. That's true. And also, if you do go back, they have excellent margaritas. I mean, any drink, but they have excellent margaritas by the pool at almost any resort pool as well. Yeah. Oh, good. And then one of the tips that we're going to give in all three parts of this series is it just pay for the Genie Plus. It's worth it, Right. You're already paying a lot of money uh, to go to Disney, so we'll just put that out there. This is not a cheap trip. Matter of fact, we we actually talk about, uh, as we're, we're planning right now, a safari for next year or a trip to Antarctica. I don't think we've decided fully on that yet, just to keep stringing you along a little bit more. But you know, as we look at those and we look at the pricing, it's very similar to spending a week at Disney. Yes, it definitely can be. You know, by the time you have your accommodations, you have your park tickets, you pay for the Genie Plus and Park Hopper and uh, then all of the food because food at Disney is also very expensive. So by the time you have all those costs, you know, you really could go on a safari or you could go on a trip to Antarctica or very close to it, especially depending if you're staying at that Four Seasons or the JW Marriott, it's going to get really close. Yes. Absolutely. Not to dissuade you from going to Disney because we do enjoy going to Disney, but just know that it is an investment in a, in a vacation. It really is. And, and the point was don't get caught up in the little nits of why do they charge more for Genie Plus? They, they do. Just get, you know, yeah. get over it, get past that. But know that it's something that we're highly recommending that you should, you should do because it allows you to understand or to enjoy the part more, right? You're not standing in long lines or you're not coming to the end of the day and saying, 
gosh, we only did one or two things. And so invest in the Genie Plus. And then also we say we would tell you is to understand how it works before you go. And there's a lot of resources out there available that show you how to use Genie Plus. And so highly recommend that you do that. And if you don't know what Genie Plus is and you're wondering, it's the the fast pass system, right? So you're paying to get to skip to the front of the line. And you'll you'll see some of these really long lines and you use your fast pass or your your genie uh, plus in in or lightning lane. It's got so many different names. I don't know why they can't get this straightened out, but go and you use that pass and you walk straight to the front of the line past all these people who have been queued up for, you know, maybe sometimes forty five minutes, an hour or more. Yeah, and there, but there is some planning, so you you have to you have to kind of schedule that um, at a certain time. Um, you know, at seven a.m. you make your first selection for whenever, um, and then once you use that, you can make another selection or two hours after that park that you made your first selection in opens. And so you can kind of stack those two. So it gives you basically a one hour return time for later in the day. So you can't just go right up to the ride and do it. But um, I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. There's been times with like with our grown children, uh, we took our son for his 21st birthday last year. And I think in Magic Kingdom one day, I think we literally did everything and then sometimes twice because we stood in line, you know, a shorter line for it. But I, I think that we did everything in the park that day. So it's definitely, oh, well, all the rides, I guess, that we wanted to do. I wouldn't say everything in the park, but with Genie Plus. So it definitely is doable. Yeah. And we weren't doing some of the small kid rides either. So do your homework. Disney's no different than any other vacation. And you need to do a little bit of homework before you go and you need to understand, you know, what are, what's in each of the parks. And, um, they have an app that you can download, uh, in that app, it tells you about all of the attractions, whether they be, you know, rides or shows. Um, some are live shows, some are animatronic shows. There's even some that are like movies in different parks. Know what those are, because quite honestly, some of those non-rides are going to be your best friend on a hot day, a rainy day, or even a cold day. And we use them a lot as filler as well. So in between, maybe we've got a couple of uh, fast passes for different rides. And let's say there's an hour, hour and a half in between those rides. We'll go and do some of these shows. One of our favorite things at at the Magic Kingdom is... a thing called carousel of progress and it's probably been there what well it's originally from the world's fair years ago so yeah. and then 50 they, years or yeah. so yeah well at least 50 years because yeah. it, it was there when the park opened yeah for sure so but it came from the world's fair even before that so let's see that park opened in what 77 71 71 because oh. it just had the 50th yeah yeah so go to those shows we we had some friends that were in town visiting they were going to Disney, we met them in the park and we convinced them to go to the Country Bear Jamboree. And um, it was fun to watch them and their kids' faces as, you know, as the bears were singing and dropping down out of the ceiling and all kinds of stuff. And they just, you know, they got a good chuckle out of it. And I would hate for you to miss things like that uh, just because you're focused on a ride or something like that. 
Yeah. And as we pointed out in our other episode is that a lot of times I think people focus on the things. So when you look in the app, so, and we need to mention too, make sure that you download the Walt Disney World app. Um, That's where you'll load your, your reservation. So then your hotel, you can do early check-in or not early check-in, but like pre-check-in and they can just send you the information. You can use that to, you know, open your door. You can add your tickets and make all your dining reservations on that app. But a lot of people use that app and then say, okay, the wait times for these but some of those shows are not going to show up um, on the wait times. I mean, they're yeah. in the app. So just make sure that you, in addition to getting familiar with Genie Plus, get familiar with the app, the shows. It'll show you where all the food is, all the shops are, um, the parade times, the firework times, you know, navigating the Genie Plus and buying the Genie Plus and all the things. So Yeah. And that last thing on the shows is there's a few of them that are, relatively long they're like 20 minutes or so and they're in air conditioning and it's low light and so if you need a quick power nap great place to duck in and do that all right so you know one of the things that you don't want to miss at these parks is the fireworks and the nighttime shows yeah absolutely Absolutely. The fireworks at Magic Kingdom, um, they do projections uh, not only on the castle, but all the way down Main Street. And it's just, yeah, it's definitely something absolutely to see. And then Epcot has got a nice show. And then they've got Fantasmic at um, Hollywood Studios. So they've got nighttime shows at three of them. And then when, so when you're there with, you know, adults, um, it's a definitely a good, a good thing to stay and see those. So any tips for seeing those, Scott? Yeah, I mean, all of those, you're going to need to get there a little bit early. So don't plan to show up right at the time for the fireworks. You're, you're not going to get a, a good place to, to see them. But get in there, you know, grab you a, a drink or something. Um, by the way, since this is a trip with adults, unfortunately, Magic Kingdom is a fairly dry park. Unless you have a sit-down dining reservation. Yeah. But yeah, you can't get alcohol so, just anywhere in the park so you're not going to grab a beer and go watch the fireworks at, at magic kingdom so prepare yourself for that if you've never been to disney before but all the other parts uh you can it's just the magic kingdom yeah and at epcot we have a couple of suggestions for watching that show is that if you try to book dinner reservations at either rose and crown in the uk or la hacienda de san angel in Mexico, which is the one not in the Mexico Pavilion with the, um, it's the Mayan one pyramid, the but it's the one on the lake. Um, both of those, if you'll you know check when the fireworks are going to be and then book it, you know like thirty minutes before the fireworks start, and um, we've gotten to do both of those before, and um, just gets you know a good view of the fireworks and they pipe the music in and. Um, and so, if you're staying on property. You can book 60 days. Yeah. So if you're staying on Disney property, you can book 60 days um, from your arrival day for your entire trip. So I would definitely like plan ahead your Epcot night and try to go ahead and book that because those spots will book up. Yeah. This isn't one of those cases where you just uh, are in the park and thinking about where you're going to watch the fireworks and you try to get a reservation. You aren't going to get one. Yeah, probably not for those, not for the fireworks. But so. 60 days ahead of time, you should be able to get those. Yeah, yeah, if you if you book that 60 days ahead of time. And it's um, it's at 6 a.m. Eastern time. Even if you live on the East Coast, if you're on the West Coast, it's super painful. But, um, you know, anyway. But 
yes, I would try to book those 60 days in advance. But these give you great views and you can actually sit and enjoy dinner while you're watching them. And so highly recommend those two locations. And then we also have a, a tip for Hollywood Studios for late night. Yeah, so not related to the fireworks, but um, definitely want to check out Oga's Cantina at Hollywood Studios if you haven't been. It's like um, if you are watching the Star Wars, it's like going into one of the cantinas on any of the Star Wars films. And so try to, you can book a late reservation or try to book a late reservation for that and be one of the last people in the park. It actually, you can get reservations even after the park closes. So you can enjoy a little intergalactic adult refreshment and, and then like I said, be guaranteed to be one of the last people in the park if you book it late after. Um, so after the park closes, you get great nighttime photos without crowds and you can just kind of meander out slowly. Yeah. So all those photos you're trying to get during the day and you had a million people walking right in your picture, you'll be able to get those no problem. And then everything's lit up spectacularly at night. I think it's maybe even a little bit more magical at night. And then like I said before, if you luck up and get just a little bit of a light rain and those lights, oh, top-notch pictures, reflections off the wet ground, stuff like that, great pictures. But uh, otherwise, you will, you will have the place almost to yourself. And then one other tip about Magic Kingdom after fireworks, um, don't try to leave right after fireworks. The park usually is open just a little bit longer, if not, you know, if it's not one of the nights with the extended hours that we talked about. Um, But go try to ride a couple of more things because it's just going to be, you know, people with small children and just a lot of people leave. And so it's just kind of like you'll be standing in line for buses or boats or monorail or anything so unless you are staying at contemporary and can just walk but um you know just go try to ride a couple of more things and then meander your way out because the shops stay open later and stuff too so they do stay open later later but not um not super for the late. yeah not for the extended hours super late but yeah. if just the regular hours they will the shops will stay open and then as you're planning out your trip um, think about any kind of special dining options that you want to schedule and make sure you have park reservations that um, coincide with those dining options. So for example, if, if you want to go and eat in the castle, right, that is an option. And, but you know, you you can't just pop in to go eat in the castle, have to have the park reservations to get in. Yeah. So you have to have the ticket for that day. And as of the time we record this, I think park reservations and well, next year will change a little bit, um, in 2024 and beyond. But, um, yeah, as of right now, you need to make those park reservations and, um, make sure you have a ticket for that day. So to eat in the park you do, and that's, and that's something fun. So we've said, don't be afraid to enjoy a character meal. Even if you don't have kids, this is something that we did our, um, when we took our son last year and his fiance and she had not done that before. And so we were able to get a reservation. Uh, that restaurant's called Cinderella's Royal Table um, and they do have breakfast, lunch and dinner. And so for adults, they have a mimosa flight. They offer, you know, beer and wine. And it's just, a f- you know, fun to and the and the um, the princesses are back in that experience now. So that's just a fun place to uh, sit and eat. So, Scott, what else would you say? What are some of the most your memorable meals as a, as adults inside the parks? And we've talked about this once before. I really enjoyed the Tusker House over in Animal Kingdom. And that was, it was really good food. Uh, you know, not just your typical sirloin steak uh, and a baked potato or whatever. 
like you'll get in, in some of the restaurants, but really good food. And you had the characters who came around and interacted. And I thought that was probably one of, one of the better ones. Yeah. And then the Tepan Ito, I think is how you would say it, is uh, they have the bachi and sushi restaurant in Japan that you yeah. and I did um, one time when oh. we went for your birthday. By that was way, a fun one. Um, that is a great place. There's some on that one. You have to go up some stairs to go to the restaurant. And on the deck, you can catch a great view of the fireworks from there. You probably have to get there a little bit earlier because there were a lot of people. But we had a wonderful view of the fireworks. And you have that. Um, there's like a Japanese arch, um, that is right in the middle of them. And so it, it kind of gives you a really cool view. Yeah. We just got lucky on that. But I think if you walk out on that platform, um, we've also done, um, I mentioned earlier that the, um, the Coronado Springs has absolutely a lot of restaurants. And so we enjoyed, um, their steakhouse, um, there and tapas in their steakhouse there one evening. Melissa, which days are best to visit which park? So I would recommend that you do some research and look at a website called Undercover Tourist and look at their park calendar. So I would say the last couple of years at Disney, just after the pandemic and people who had to cancel trips, has been a little wonky. Um, but hopefully things are just kind of, you know, getting settle down a little bit more, but I would look at their park calendar. And also just from the research and the things that I've been reading, you would think that the weekends are the busiest times in the parks, but that absolutely hasn't been true these past several months. And I think it has something to do with either people's travel schedule or there is a season pass for Florida residents that's only good during the week. And so I think that kind of, um, you know, skews that just a little bit. So I would say look at those couple of things, but really, I mean, the days that work out best for you and when you can get your, um, you can get your dining reservations as well. Speaking of dining reservations, let's kind of talk about planning for dining and even some nightlife, uh, while you're at, at the parks and on vacation. So Epcot has a number of food and drink festivals throughout the year. And so that can be a great opportunity to eat and drink around the countries. Um, and so definitely look at the calendar for that and kind of see which one that you might be interested in. They're all pretty similar, I think, because they became so popular, but they do have some different offerings. So and it's kind of like a, a tapas selection. You just have little small plates and you can try different things, several different booths and, and try out different food from around the world. Yeah, so that would be a way that you can, um, you know, look to see like when you should visit and which days you want to do which things. So a little pro tip in visiting Epcot and trying to maybe drink around the world is I would say don't start in the cave in Mexico. If you want to make it around the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, their drinks are strong, and so maybe, share, you know, share one or something like that. But, um, yeah, definitely if it's hot. So we also have another tip, too. So use the tip that I think uh, people always tell you for every beverage, drink a bottle of water. I think that's a definitely a good thing to do when you're in Epcot, too, especially if it's hot. So heed yeah. that age-old advice. And then the other thing that we were thinking of around Epcot is – if you have park hopper tickets, that's a great place, especially if you're staying at one of the resorts near Epcot. It's a great place to just pop in, have lunch, dinner, one of those, have a couple of drinks before going off to another park. 
Yeah, or even going into Epcot later in the day and and doing that too. And so I definitely think Park Hopper tickets are great for groups with adults because it's easier to, you know, get everybody going and, you know, move on to the next park or maximize your Genie Plus selections or, you know, see the different nighttime shows as well. And one of the things that we do want to point out is when you're thinking of dining and, and planning those reservations is when you start your day breakfast, there's not a lot of breakfast options in the park. Yes, they have quick serve and they probably have places where you can go get a Mickey waffle or, you know, things like that, but just not a lot of different breakfast options. So you might want to think about grabbing something at your resort before going over. If, if you're one of those people that really need to start your day with breakfast. Yeah, especially if like you are a breakfast eater and like the rest of your party isn't like you could go to those places. But like, let's say you go into Magic Kingdom, you're going to kind of have to go far and then there might be a line and it's just going to take time. If, and if you're the only one doing that when everybody else is ready to go, you know, do their Genie Plus ride or go see a show or stand in line or whatever you choose to do. So do that or bring something to eat. And then let's talk about coffee, too, because most adults are going to want to know about that coffee. So if you're staying on property, all the rooms have coffee makers. So for some people that suffices, Scott's over here shaking his head. So <laughs> he's just not a coffee in the room kind of, kind of person. But, um, if that suffices or obviously, I mean, you could bring your own coffee maker and, and do that as well. So you could grab something at the resort. So I would say at the value resorts and the moderate resorts is going to be basically a cup of black coffee from a dispenser type of a thing. Um, but there are more like, um, coffee shops type places in the deluxe resorts. Um, but, and the, and you can find Starbucks once you walk into the park, but again, the lines are typically quite long first thing in the morning. And so you're going to spend, especially if you're doing Genie Plus, you might end up spending more time in a Starbucks line than you yeah. would on a ride line. So just expect, just know that and expect that. But a couple of them do have like Joffrey stands like going in. I would say there's probably more options at Epcot. There's Joffrey stands going in, but again, you know, if everybody else is ready to go in and you're, you know, holding up the line yeah well if you're going to do that make sure to do mobile ordering in the app so that you don't have to wait in the lines and that's all that's not for starbucks just so you know oh yes good you point it's not yeah. mobile order for starbucks right so but you're saying for the like yeah the quick serve the quick options serve. in the park or at your resort yeah you could you could do the mobile order for that and then as we're looking at other dining options and things like that there is some signature dining at many of the parks and resorts so if you happen to be going and celebrating a special event, you may want to check out, you know, one of the Michelin recommended restaurants there in the parks or in the resorts. Yeah. So say. there's actually, yeah, there's actually a few that have been recognized as um, Michelin recommended. So just recently for this year, uh, the Kappa at the Four Seasons, um, which we mentioned, it's not technically Disney Resort, but it is very close by. And um, but the Kappa there has been recognized. Uh, I think that one was a one star, right? And all of these you can get reservations at. You don't have to stay there. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So keep going. Yes, the Victorian Alberts at the Grand Floridian, and then Toledo. That was the one that we ate at uh, the Steakhouse at Coronado Springs. Um, those are the ones that would be the signature dining. And so there's quite a few more, but those are the ones that we wanted to point out. So just take a look at um, at some of those as well. And if you want to maximize your Genie Plus, you know you've made this investment into park tickets, and now the Genie Plus, and you just really want to do a lot of things inside the park. Uh, we would suggest you just do a quick serve meal for dinner inside the park. 
because sit down meals are what'd you say about an hour and a half two hours yeah a lot of times that's what we found so i would say do one for lunch or one for dinner but not both because that's just going to eat up a lot of your time so um like if you plan to go back to the pool in the middle of the day then you probably aren't going to want to then go back into the park and do a sit down it just really if you do the genie plus um because then you would have a hard time like doing all those things um so i would say not more than one per day and maybe not even one every single day, but it is fun to eat at a lot of the, the restaurants and it's easier, you know, with adults to do that and enjoy that. You know, we said this earlier, but obviously the more time that you have there at the, at the parks, the longer you stay, you know, number of days, things like that, the less you're going to be rushed to try and get things done every day. Right. So you don't have to finish, um, everything that you wanted to do in magic kingdom in a single day. Yeah, so you can just definitely spread your wish list across multiple days. I mean, it is a vacation. In any way you do it, it is a vacation. So it should be not... Um, I, a lot of times I see people and they're like, oh, we checked off all these things on the list or we knocked out these rides or whatever. But I feel like if you kind of view it that way, it's like almost like oh, it's a checklist. So like you do checklist in your real life, like why on vacation? You know, I mean, I do like to do everything at Disney World. So, I mean, he's, you know, I, I like to do everything, but it's... You know, it is a vacation. I do, but it is a vacation. So don't feel like, okay, we got to check this off the list. Enjoy it as you're, you know, enjoy it as you're doing it. Like Scott said, spread it across multiple days. Stay longer if you can. And what's, what's some things, um, you know, places to, to eat or, you know, maybe bars, things like that for some nightlife. So I definitely encourage you to check out if you are on um, Instagram and look at reels or Facebook um, reels or TikToks, um, people like to do the different bar crawls. So there's like a Skyliner bar crawl and a monorail bar crawl. And so each of those deluxe resorts is going to have a bar. Um, we mentioned Oga's Cantina, which kids can go into Oga's as well. Um, but then there's one particular one that's... Um, a lot of fun at the Polynesian Resort, which is Trader Sam's. And up to a certain time, kids can go in. But then after a certain time, um, kids are not allowed. And it just has a, a fun atmosphere. And if you can't get in there, they do have like patio seating outside. That one's at the Polynesian. So they do have patio seating and live music outside. Um, and then also, and Scott, you've been to this one. So talk a little bit about Jelly Rolls. Yeah, I uh, went with the group from work and... We went in. It's a great dueling piano bar, and you you have the opportunity to stump the piano players and singers, you know, by requesting some kind of random song. I don't know if I want to like ruin it for everybody the the kind of the magic, but it's very interesting because you're thinking, how on earth do these singers and piano players know every single song that people request? So now I'm going to need to know so I can know what he's talking about. So Esquire Magazine has actually rated Jelly Rolls at, this one's at the Boardwalk, as a top bar in the U.S. Yeah. I, th- I think it's really fun to go to with a, a group of people that you know well um, and you like just kind of hanging around and cutting up with, especially if you, you know, enjoy music. This is a, this is a great opportunity for you to go. It's adults only, you know, because it is a bar. But um, I, I think you'll have a great time. And that's only open at night, correct? That's correct. Yes. 
So Disney Springs can also be a great option for food and nightlife. If you're staying at a resort and don't have a car um, or don't want to take your car, it, buses take um, you to Disney Springs from all the resorts. And then there's a few that you can actually take the boats from as well. Yeah, so, so let's yeah. talk a little bit about Disney Springs. There's 68 restaurants of all types and price ranges. They have 98 shops. There's a House of Blues there. There's a movie theater there. There's a bowling alley there. There's a ton of stuff to do just in Disney Springs. And oh, by the way, there's no charge to get into Disney Springs. Right. Yeah. So then just um, there's also you can buy tickets to see the Cirque du Soleil, the special Disney show there. So there's tons of things that you could do. Um, so that might be something you could do like on a non-park day, you know, rest, go to the pool and then, you know, hit Disney Springs. At What's your favorite something. restaurant at Disney Springs? At Disney Springs, I think we tend to always eat at the same places, but I really like uh, Raglan Road yeah. a lot. That place that we went and had the sushi, I thought was really oh, good as well. Oh, Morimoto, yeah, was yeah. absolutely really good too, yeah. And then we, uh, Polite Pig, um, I actually saw that it was on a Michelin rated, um, even though it's a, so that one's good. Polite Pig is good because you can just go through the line and then Michelin go sit down. Oh, I'm sorry, Michelin recommended. But that's yeah. one that where you can just go through the line and sit down. So they have a variety of go through the line, sit down type of things where you don't have to have reservations and then ones where you do need to book the yeah, reservations. And that one's, um, they have beer, full bar. It's barbecue. You know, oh, yeah, definitely that, barbecue yeah. And, and sides and that type of thing. So, yeah, I think there's just uh, there's Mexican restaurants and um, burger places and chicken places and so there's just probably everything that you can think of uh multiple bakeries donut shops just anything and everything you can think of and that's what we're saying from from all price ranges inside of disney springs you know one thing that we do want to mention is that in january of 2024 um, disney is bringing back the dining plan so if you like to go and have kind of that all-inclusive feel where you pay one one price and all your meals are included and stuff like that. Um, they do have that coming back. It was gone for a while, and uh, that, that'll be coming back in January. Yeah, and that's something that you can add to a package for a cost, and it'll have a certain number of um, sit-down meals or quick-serve meals or snacks added to your... Um, yeah, so if you're just there for the snacks, it's got snacks included. If you need dessert for every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner... Uh, I think desserts included in all of those. So um, have at it. Uh, but just wanted to mention that, that, that that is something that's coming back. So besides talking about like which days to visit which parks, let's talk about the time of the year to visit the parks. It, you know, if you've got the flexibility in your schedule, there are a few times that we would recommend that as an adult group, you might want to look at. So in September after Labor Day, is one time in May before Memorial Day. And if you if you think about it, this is um, before, you know, in May, it's before the schools get out. Uh, September, it's after the kids go back to school. And then in January, there are a few times um, that work out. One thing you need to do is look at a calendar and make sure it isn't one of the run Disney events um, because then the park's fill up, you know, rapidly or a holiday weekend, you know, some of those holiday weekends, uh, you'll see a lot of, uh, families will, will come and go to Disney, uh, for that. 
Yeah. And so, but if you're coming in January, know that that tends to be the coolest time of the year. And sometimes you can even get freezing temperatures, even in central Florida. So just plan accordingly um, for that as well. Another time that we've been, because of when your birthday falls, has been in December, the first part of December before the Christmas rush. And that's, has been a good time. So after think between Thanksgiving and, you know, I guess the first couple of weekend weeks in December could be a good time to go as well. Yeah. So if anybody's wanting to do uh, any shopping for me for my birthday, just remember that's in December. We would also say avoid times when there are school breaks. Um, So, you know, just kind of check local, your, your own local school calendars and if the local school calendar has a break, then that means there's probably others that also have a break and that may not be a best time to go. Yeah. And summer is absolutely doable. So um, just know that it's going to be hot and there's a likelihood of afternoon thunderstorms. I mean, we go multiple times in the summer um, and we've gone for, you know, in years past multiple times in the summer, but um, just be prepared for that. Yep. We're going to be there in two weeks and, you know, just Make sure you're wearing uh, good, comfortable shoes that can get wet and uh, because those thunderstorms come out of nowhere and sometimes it's just right on you before you know it and it's a lot of water all at once. And so you want shoes that can get wet, would dry quickly. But other than that, I mean, just know it's going to be hot and humid and if you're okay with that, then summer's probably a good time for you to go. Um, around Christmas, you will get to see all the parks decorated in their full splendor. So that's a, a good time to visit, especially if you like Christmas and you like, you know, seeing all the decorations uh, because they definitely go over the top in decorating. Yeah, in the parks and in the resorts. And so if you do those first couple of weeks in December, everything will already be decorated as well. Yeah, so you can go the, you know, one of the times we might recommend is the week between Christmas and New Year's. It can be busy. Uh, we've been there before when it was super busy. We've been there before when it wasn't quite so busy. And I think we're just, we're, we're still waiting to see that normalization. But, you know, a lot of people do have off work, have off school. And so just think that that's the time they might be there. But the good thing is they still have the Christmas decorations up. And then all the special parades and fireworks that were reserved for the Christmas parties, you'll now get to see those. Um, as a part of your park admission. Yeah, so if you're going at a peak time, so we may have some teachers listening. So, I mean, obviously then they have to take their breaks either in the summer or when the kids have the school breaks. Just, I would say, schedule more days and then just remember it's impossible to do everything on a single visit. And so just look forward to a return visit and uh, use that Genie Plus. Yeah, I think the Genie Plus is the biggest thing that we'd recommend um, if you do have to go in that time frame. Uh, between August and Christmas, there are special Halloween and Christmas parties at the Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios. Um, and for the Halloween party, you absolutely want to make sure to bring a festive costume for that party. Yes. Um, and if you go early, though, just nothing too hot. And I don't think you can have on like a mask and stuff either, but just nothing too hot. But definitely you, yeah. everybody, adults and everybody, you want to want to dress up one year we went um i guess two of the kids we had with us were teenagers and we had a grandparent and four adults and we were the seven dwarfs yep and so how about if you guys have any great recommendations for family costumes pop those in the comments for us uh because we're trying to we we are going to be going to 
uh, the Halloween party this year. And we're trying to think of a good costume for adults and kids. Pop those uh, recommendations into the comments for us. And so we talked about those Halloween parties and the Christmas parties. Um, they are they they go later in the night, um, and they but they do start in the evening. And with those, you can go in starting at like four o'clock, and then you can stay till midnight on those. But there's also special after hours parties and that can be a great way especially for adults because those don't start till like nine o'clock I think like nine to midnight um, some of them may even go to one just depending on the park hours but that can be a great way to enjoy the park with smaller crowds um, especially on nights when you know they don't have the deluxe hours or if you're not staying at a deluxe resort they do have um, they do provide like popcorn ice cream and soft drinks and waters as well um, for those so Check out those. They've had those throughout the year at Magic Kingdom, at Hollywood Studios, and at Epcot. And then, like I said, they they limit the crowds into those. And so it's a great opportunity to really in, enjoy the park without very large crowds. So let's mention a few other tips. The first one on my list, and please don't get mad at me, but buy the Genie Plus. It just makes sense. You won't regret it. I've never met anybody that said, I wish I hadn't bought the Genie Plus. Well, let me take that back. We did hear one family in the park saying that they had bought Genie Plus and they'd only been able to ride one thing. I guarantee you they didn't do any research on how to use the system. You do need to do your homework and understand how to use the Genie Plus to the best of its abilities. And there's a lot of hacks out there for that. But buy the Genie Plus. Yeah, one thing I wanted to add to that, there's a another third-party app um, that you can purchase in addition to that, which is called Standby Skipper. And with that one, if you're there for like up to seven days, it's just a set price for your whole party. Um, and that can be a great app to go along with it because then you put some little settings in there and then it actually buys, or I'm sorry, it actually selects your Genie Plus selections for you, even ones that where it looks like there's none available. It It's continuously scans that system. And so if Disney refreshes the door, if people cancel those rides, it'll grab those up. And so we've been able to use that to get things that um, aren't, don't look like they're available. And Standby Skipper has a Facebook group. Um, so even if you're just thinking about it, join their Facebook group and, and that people have a lot of tips and suggestions, both for Genie Plus and for Standby Skipper. So we need to figure out how to get them to sponsor us because you talk about Standby Skipper all the time. I know. And I want them to have an annual, an annual subscription, but they're not there yet. So anyway, um, the other thing is, and this is another purchase, but like I said, get over it. You're already paying a lot of money. So just enjoy the whole park is buy the photo pass and use it constantly. These are great memories you're going to have for a long time. And you know, when you've got a bunch of adults, um, or maybe you got a couple of groups of adults or whatever, you know, you can jump in, you can get pictures that you can then download to your phone later. Um, and then when anniversaries and stuff, like birthdays pop back up, you can use these pictures in those posts. It's a great opportunity. And they have people all over the parks taking pictures. And they'll even do these little magic pictures where, you know, they'll insert some animation or something like that into the picture as well. 
Yeah, they're called magic shots. So when you get your picture made, ask for a magic shot. And every person doesn't need it, too. That's that's the other thing. So if you for your whole party, just add it to one person's package, and the main person on that room will have it. Everybody can see the photos in the app, but they'll have like a watermark on them. But everybody else, but the person with, who has it can download those and then share them with everybody. So only one person needs it. And then y'all could, you know, split up the cost or whatever. But yeah, those are, it's a lot of fun. We have that. I have that added to my um, season pass and then I download it and share with everybody. Another tip is, you know, buy the magic bands. Uh, they make park entry and lightning lane so much easier. All you got to do is kind of hold it up to the little thing and, and you're done. Everybody hates that person who's standing there in the front of the line with their phone trying to get their 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 pass to work on their phone. It's It, it never works like you think it's going to. And you're always the person holding up the line. So don't be that person. Yeah. You know how like when you do the wallet thing and it, you're having to click the side and all that stuff. I mean, you don't have to do that, but it just it doesn't it doesn't work right. And don't try to have more than one ticket on a on a phone um, either. So if you if you're not going to do the magic band and I will say like if you've bought a package, you can actually order those magic bands in the app at a discount before your trip. You can have them shipped to your house and they have your name on the back or you can have them shipped to the hotel. Um, there's a deadline for doing that, but um, you can get a discount on those. So. And not just entry into the park but you know you can use that also to pay it's your room key it's, you know you can use it to pay it just makes it incredibly convenient and then we talked about you know wearing comfortable shoes you can walk in our number one tip here is do not buy and and this probably goes mostly for the ladies i know that pair of shoes looks cute but don't buy those shoes and wear them the first time when you're walking 13 miles through the park. That's not a good idea, right? So, you know, make sure to wear comfortable shoes. This is a this is one of those situations where style can take a little bit of a backseat and your your feet will thank me for it. Get cute, comfortable shoes that you have broken in. Um, I mean, you wouldn't run a marathon in, you know, brand new brand new shoes or half marathon, let's say in a brand new shoes, you're basically going to do a half marathon in a day. So, um, yeah, so get cute shoes and break them in. And also I would say shoes, if, especially if you're going at a time where it tends to be rainy shoes that can get wet. And then, cause it's like you have soggy socks and that's just not any fun. So shoes that can get wet. And so, you know, things like, I don't know, Tevas or something like that. Yeah. And normally in every episode, especially destinations, Melissa, will ask you, what should you pack? Um, in this particular case, uh, what should you pack in your park bag? Yeah, so definitely you want to take some rain ponchos. Um, I mean, yes, you can buy them there. They can get expensive, but um, so rain ponchos. Umbrellas are just a hassle to kind of get through security. So I would say out for the rain ponchos and, you know, fold them up. And I would say probably do a backpack too so that you can carry some of these things. So you're going to want some kind of backup battery pack. And then, of course, the cords for charging your phone because you're going to rely on the app to do, you know, your genie plus or your dining reservation or check your wait times or you know you want to take pictures and all that stuff so you definitely want to have that backup battery pack um a reusable water bottle one that keeps your water cold and you can like a yeti 
Yeah, like a Yeti. And you can refill those. Um, I, I wish they had more refill stations in the park, and hopefully they'll do that as time goes on. But, like, if you go to a quick serve location, just also ask for a glass of water. Or if you go to Starbucks, you know, and get a coffee, then ask for a water and then just refill that. So um, so I also like to do, like, a crossbody bag, too. It's just easy to have, like, my phone and then whip it out as well. And, you know, chapstick, that kind of stuff, but a backpack to hold the other things, bring along a few snacks too, that you just, if you don't see something that you want right away or something, I would say more, um, you know, nuts or a protein bar, granola bar, something like that. That's going to give you a little more protein. Cause you're probably definitely going to have, you know, lots of sweets and stuff like that too. So sunscreen, if you're not used to the Florida sunshine that, you know, that's going to be that time of the year, just because you hate to get burned that first day. And then, um, and the lips sunscreen as well, because there's nothing more miserable than lips being sunburned. Um, you definitely want to wear lightweight clothing, um, for most of the year. Um, and then just, you know, keep an eye on that forecast, warmer clothes during the winter months. Um, you know, a lot of times it might just be a sweatshirt for the morning and the evening or, you know, a light jacket, which of course you can buy one if you forget it. Um, you know, sometimes you may need, you know, pants, but, um, but we've been, um, this past January, like we were in the pool one day and the next morning we had on vest and, um, beanie caps and some gloves and stuff like that for at least part of the day. So it was kind of a crazy weather. Um, so just be aware of that. And I think Christmas was like freezing cold there as well. So, and as far as packing, we've got an episode out there on packing, uh, that you might want to go listen to. If you're going to take our advice about moving from one resort to the other, that episode on packing will be your best friend. Absolutely, yes. And then just if you're flying there too and just having all the things to carry. Remember that this trip is about having fun and creating fun memories. Don't put too much pressure on yourself and sweat all the small details. And with every episode, our goal is to share our experiences and hopefully encourage someone to achieve their own travel goals. If you have a favorite Disney experience for adults that you want to share with us and other listeners, drop us a note or leave a comment. We always look forward to hearing from you. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will find some inspiration to help you with your travel journeys. Make sure to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to be notified of new episodes as they're released. Most importantly, share it with your friends to help them catch the travel bug. You never know, they may become your greatest travel companions.